0: Until then, we hope this message leads you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for
1: you.
2: It's days like today that I get excited Um, for a few reasons. Let me explain why. Over the last few weeks, we have been lighting candles. Candles that represent the coming of God to our midst. Each week, we lit an extra one. And on Christmas Eve, we gathered to light the Christ candle right here. The light uh, grew in intensity. Um, You know, it was kind kind of anticlimactic the first week. We just had one candle. But as we uh, lit more and more of them, we had this sense that something was up. And um, if you haven't caught on, maybe you're new to the faith, uh, Christianity, following Jesus, is something that truly grows in intensity. We, uh, we, we, we find ourselves at a point where we, we give our life to Christ and we, we, uh, we give control over to God And in those moments, we think, wow, this is amazing. God has changed my life. But as we journey with Christ, it grows. And we learn more about Christ. We learn more about grace. We learn more about all these things that God's doing in our lives. And it continues to grow. I don't know what the fullness of God in humanity will ultimately look like. Because I I, I just wanna say this. I think I have scratched the surface. Yeah, I think we could go around and talk to some of our more seasoned journeyers uh, and they could share some stories with us. But I gotta tell you this, our most seasoned veteran of the faith in this room has just scratched the surface. And that's exciting to me because I remember as uh, in high school, a senior in high school, I made this statement to my friend uh, who said, I, I said, I can't wait to get to heaven to finally understand everything about God. And I thought that was a pretty good statement. My friend looked back at me and said, what makes you think that even after all of eternity, we will fully know God? Some might say, well, that that, that makes things pretty complicated. Like, is there any hope in that? And in that moment I realized that there's so much hope in that because our God is so big. Our God is so good. Our God has so much to offer us. And so today, we get to think a little bit about what it means for God to have our complete life. Uh, if you have a Bible, grab it. If you don't, um, I would encourage you to find one. If you need to steal one from the person next to you, I'm sure they'll love that. Um, the, the words are gonna, to the scripture we're about to read are gonna be on the screens. But I would encourage you in 2020, if it's been a while since you've cracked the the covers of your um, of your Bible. Um, let's find some rhythms to help you get into that. If you don't have a Bible, we need to know that too, because we want to get you a good Bible in your hands. But this morning we're going to be in a passage of Scripture that is is truly foundational for me, and I think it's foundational for all of us. It's in Genesis chapter twelve. It's talking about the call of someone who who becomes pretty influential in the faith. Um, So Genesis chapter 12, verses one through five, it reads this way. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And Lot went with him. Abraham Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran, his home. Um, this is the word of God for people like you and I. It's also the word of God for people who have never stepped foot in, in a church. Who have never been a part of a gathering like this. And I am thankful that this is our word. Um, There's a lot that we could talk about here. In fact, there's so much here that we really don't have time for it. That's why I I encourage you just to hang out in church. Find a group of people who are hungry for the word of God and and hang out there. Uh, Journey through scripture together with people and uh, find that this story is always almost rewriting itself in us. I was reading a passage of scripture the other day. And I'm like, wow, I've never read that before but I, I know I have, cause I've read through the Bible. And so I know I've read it, but it just jumped out at me. Maybe you've had that same experience, but there's so much here that I would like to unpack that um, we provided lunch for you today so that we could stay for hours. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but there's a few things that we could talk about. Um, I've got a list of a whole bunch of them, but, but I just want to snapshot a few of them. One, do we talk this morning about the scope of what God is wanting to do, not just in your life, but in the life of your family and in all of humanity. We could talk about that for a while. And and that would occupy quite a a little time. Or or what about the sheer and utter submission and obedience that this guy by the name of Abram had? Uh, it, It boggles my mind that in this passage of scripture, we do not hear about Abram wrestling and arguing with God. There's no disagreement. It simply says that he went. That's, a, that's a, a reoccurring theme throughout Scripture where people who are challenged to do bold and crazy things with God simply say, okay, I'll do that. I'm sure this room is filled with people who have said that to God. Not one of us has argued with God about anything. Right? Maybe we should spend a little time thinking about uh, the age discrimination that we find sometimes in our churches that is so not present in the Scripture. For those of you who are are seasoned veterans of the faith in here, do you realize that um, Abram's call came at the age of 75? So if you think that maybe God's done with you, think again. God is not done with you. In fact, he may call you for the very first time today to do something that is far outside of what you ever thought possible. And you might say, what? Are you serious, God? And God looks back and says, yes, I am serious. We could talk about that for, for, we've got kids in here. I am loving this front row right here. Don't we love this group? I love the kids that are in this room because God calls the young people and the old people and everyone in between. We could talk about that for a while, but we're not gonna. Um, What about the fact that in this passage, we see that when God calls us to something, it requires everything we have. Abram left his home with everything he had. I had an opportunity just recently to go to the Gillies, and they took us on a tour of their house, and we got to go out to the garage. How many of you take people on to the garage in your home tours? The Gillies did. You do? Okay. In their garage, among the other things that they were trying to figure out what to do with, there was this line of Plastic bins. I said, what are those? I knew what they were, but I wanted to ask anyways. In those bins, they would be packing everything that they would be taking with them. You see, I, I recognize those bins. My family had bins, not like that. But uh, when we moved to Hong Kong, we had to pack everything that we wanted in wooden crates that we would put on a boat that would arrive in Hong Kong at some point. And what would it look like for you to have to pack everything that you need in a bunch of plastic bins or a wooden crate? What would you take with you? We could talk about that, but we're not going to. What we are going to talk about this morning, Bridges, briefly, is covenants and casual relationships. What God wanted to do through Abram required much more than a casual nod from Abram. Uh, much more than just a casual acknowledgement. Oh yeah, okay, sure, whatever. What God was asking of Abram required everything of him. Nothing got left out. And you see, the, the scope of what God wanted to do through Abram was change the face of humanity. Through Abram, one man, God wanted to change the future of everyone, both living and yet to come. If God were to say that to you, what would you say? I mean, he said it to Mary and, and Joseph and, and Abram. And just, the, you got to read the rest of Abram's story because Abram becomes Abraham. Oftentimes in scripture, people's names change when God does something crazy in their life. So, Abram becomes Abraham, and God asks him to do one other thing that is just out, it's just crazy. But Abram says yes. Abraham says yes. Mary says yes. Joseph says yes. What does your yes look like? You see, what God wants to do is in you and through you has has so much more. It requires so much more than just a simple, casual acknowledgement, it requires surrender. It requires you laying everything down. It might require you moving to a different country or a different neighborhood or a different state. It's good to have uh, the Gurnans here today, right? Ooh. (laughs) Maybe not. not. No, it is so good to have uh, Eric and Ashley and the kids with us today. Um, um, we, we used to minister kind of near each other in Michigan a long time ago. And we ended up moving to Texas and we were so excited to move back from Texas to Michigan because we were going to hang out with Eric and Ashley. And then they left. <laughs> so we followed them down here again. Uh, and it's just so good to have, have them with us. Um, we, we, we're looking forward to that. Um, but you, you see, one of the things that we find in this passage of scripture is that God sends us to new people, not just new addresses. The addresses has become the means by which God does things through people and in people's lives. Some of you have moved. How many of you, raise your hand, if you were born in Murfreesboro, you've always been here. I love the kids are saying, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. How about any adults? Yeah, we got a few. Which means the rest of you are transplants. You are are from somewhere else. And for some reason, God has called you here. I want to clarify that and just make that statement. Do you realize that you're here because God wants you to be here? It it wasn't the job that brought you here. It wasn't the family that brought you here. It wasn't the weather, although that may have had something to do with it. Um, it's it's none. Of, it, God has you here, not just in Murfreesboro, but here at this church. Finish this st- this sentence, and we're gonna put it up here. Fin- finish this. Fill in the blank for me. I am here because God. What? I'm here because God. Because God wants you here. And if I were to push a little more, I'm like, well, what does God want you here for? If we were to reorient ourselves around this, this thought, it's this. Um, I am doing what I'm doing because God, and fill in the blank. You see, that takes the eyes off of us and puts them all on Jesus. That, that, that calls us to be about doing so much more than our stuff, but it calls us to be doing what God wants us to do. God is always leading us to a promise. Think about that. For Abram, it was leading him to this land in which God was going to do something in his life that was way bigger than he could ever imagine. It was a promise. Now, interestingly enough, the land that he was taking him to was a land that Abram's descendants would come back to at some point. A land that we call Canaan. Uh, It it was a land that was full of promise. And I want to ask you this morning, have you lost sight of the promise that God has for you today? Have you spent enough time within this narrative, within this scripture, this story, that you, you see yourself in it and you recognize that's what God has for me. That's what God has promised me. That's what God wants to do in my life. Have you been there? God is always working to take us and deliver us to a promise. And the question is, what is that promise? Our response ultimately has to be this, full and utter surrender. I know that for some, it's a little awkward to raise your hands in worship and that's fine. I love doing that because it's a sign of surrender in my life. It's a reminder to me that I am a surrendered type of a person. Do I get it done perfectly? No. I'm sorry, I admit that I, as your pastor, am not perfect. Nobody Nobody is, thank you. There's grace right there. But God calls us to surrender. Surrendering means that we are giving up our idea that we can control the situation. And we're letting God define who we are what we're doing and the impact that's going to have on this world. So this morning, as we think about our lives and we think about the gillies, we are so excited for you guys. We are ecstatic for what you are about to enter into. We Now, we don't have to get on a plane tomorrow. We don't have to lug our luggage and our totes with us. We, we don't have to, to do any of that, but we are excited for you because you are responding to the call of God on your life. I would say that about anyone in here. We are excited for you when you say yes to God, when you are just willing to be uprooted. Maybe it's going to a foreign country, maybe it's going to to your neighbor across the street. One of the things that we are excited about our neighborhood is we've got some neighbors that we don't know yet. And I believe God's calling us to go to those neighbors. So whether it's across the street or across the world, um, God's asking us to go. So for you you guys, we, we're just excited, and we want to be there going with you. Um, there's no room in your suitcases, I'm sure of that. You've packed it all. But our hearts are with you. And this morning, we're going to receive communion together. The table of our Lord is set for people like us who need to be nourished for the journey ahead. And we're gonna gather together around the table. But before that, we we wanna pray with you. We wanna surround you and pray for you. So what we would love for you to do is take to the seats right here in front of us. Kids, if you wanna come, I set some chairs up for you. If you wanna sit right there, that's fine too. But we want the Gilly family to join us in the middle right there. I'll stand back here. Um, uh, there's six chairs there. Um, if you haven't noticed, uh, they packaged one of their kids uh, in, a, in a different way. <laughs> Smuggling the little baby into, your, into the country. Um, and I've asked that they share with us just briefly, what is it you're doing, where you're going, And how can we be praying with you?
1: Well, if I had uh, known that we were talking about Abraham, I would have worn my full costume. Um, For those of you who missed out, uh, I've been doing um, some of the children's ministry uh, here at Real Life, and we did a, a small group where I would dress up as a different biblical costume and tell them a lot of things about myself and my story until they figured out who I was. And Abraham is a cool guy to dress up as because he has swords on his back and money in his belt and sheep following him around. And um, it, Anyways, um, so uh, we've been here in Murfreesboro while I've been finishing up my family medicine residency uh, and also because God called us to be at this church. Um, hey, Liddy. She doesn't like that, let her go. Um, And we had Ruthie here, and we're gonna have. Hey, Liddy, sit in your chair, please. All right. Um, So we've been doing family medicine residency here, Uh, it's been three years. And we knew that at the end of that, that God was calling us into uh, medical missions. And we weren't exactly sure how that would look. uh, But the way that... Ruth, Lydia may not like that. Um, (laughs) um, We weren't sure exactly how that would look. But the way that that, uh, God has worked it out in our life is that we're going to go with an organization called Samaritan's Purse. Uh, and they do a good job of matching up doctors with where the need for their particular skill set is. Uh, And so we're going to a hospital in Honduras, uh, and they're going to give us six months of language school first, and then we'll be uh, at the hospital in Honduras for at least two years while we're figuring out what we're going to do long term, um, whether or not God's going to call us to stay at that hospital or call us to a different hospital or call us to come back here and and do the mission work that needs to be done here. Um, So uh, ways that you guys can pray for us. Uh, Tomorrow at 9 o'clock, our plane plane flight leaves, and uh, we are taking this crew with us. Um, And uh, you guys know how stressful it is to travel, uh, much less plane travel with kiddos. Uh, so we need your prayers, especially tomorrow. And then also we're going to a place that's not the safest country in the world. Um, careful, Liddy. That chair can hurt her. And we um, we need your prayers that, that God would be with us, be our our guard, and that we would be on guard and have enough sleep and um, presence of mind to be aware and um, and then prayers, especially for Bethany. Uh, she's going to deliver in March, and our plan is to deliver in Honduras. Uh, and there's a lot of details that need to work out for us to get to the right place and for baby to come at the right time, and for baby to be born in an uncomplicated way uh, in a lower resource setting. Um, and and then also, as Bethany says, so she's going to be trying to learn Spanish in her third trimester and then in her two to four months postpartum. Um, so that's a lot to ask. Um, and keep, and homeschool, um, and all this, so. Um, yes, Uh Bethany reminds me that we should also ask for your prayers for our ministry,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> not just our logistics. Um, uh, we want to be um, a real-life family in Honduras, a family that, uh, that pours ourselves into uh, a local church, that, uh, that gives of ourselves. That invites people into our homes. That breaks bread with others. That it that is an example of following Christ uh, to all those around us. Um, so pray that that would be the case. Uh, we're going to be we have a blog. Uh, there's we'll have some cards out on the back table. If you don't know where our blog is, then it'll have the blog address, and um, we'll be putting prayer request updates about once a month, um, and kind of telling funny stories and sad stories and all that type of stuff. Um, I think that's mostly it. I would just say um, that I've been struck by how audacious the words of St. Paul are when he talks to his churches and he says, um, follow my example as I follow Christ. Christ like wow he's saying that he's following Christ that well but then I realized like whether or not we say that to the people in our lives that are watching us and know that we're Christians we're communicating it by what we do so if you if you can't say that to people around you then there's a problem with calling yourself a Christian to them Uh, so uh, I say to you, like, this is our next step. We're following Christ uh, here so that, so that we can be faithful. Uh, do the same in your lives.
2: I've asked uh, Pastor Eric if he would. Uh, for the gifts to lead us in prayer, really as a church, um, we're going to gather around. That's why we put them in the middle in the hot seats. Um, but i ask Eric.
0: Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, Gillies, you guys are a special family, and you are really the latest um, in a series of what tends to happen around here in this place. One of the beautiful things about real-life communities is it's always been a missional kind of community where the, the call of God tends to come in these kinds of ways. And so in some ways it's a dangerous place to be. I just want to give you... Uh, <laughs> Just a fair warning, but a real-life community is spread all over the world. So um, now we've got Honduras uh, covered um, with people who have, have grown up here together. And and so it's a beautiful kind of place to be where it's this missional community that's that's spread out and, and, and trying to follow the call of God in all sorts of different places and, and ways, but then gathers together on a weekly basis to worship and study and pray together. Um I can't say how much of a privilege it is to be able to to lead in prayer this morning over you guys. So, real life community, would you come and gather around? We've got chairs, and and you can find a child uh, or an adult or a womb to pray around. Let's pray. Gracious heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who calls. Uh, that just as you did with. Abram and Sarah, uh, calling them to a new land to bless them so that they might be a blessing. Uh, that same kind of call continues to come to each one of our lives in unique and special ways. And we thank you for the way that this call has come to the Gilly family. Uh, God, we, we think back on that story of Abram and we know that there were challenges and there were uh difficulties and there were obstacles but we through the whole thing recognize your incredible faithfulness and we trust for that faithfulness to be at work in the lives of the gilly family right now in their journey uh, in your promises to them in the covenant that you've made with them Uh, god we believe that your plans and your promises um, as they are faithful and obedient to you will come to fruition uh, will grow up, will um, plant seeds, and and blossom into beautiful uh, things in the different places where they are. God, we pray specifically right now your anointing over this family. Uh, we pray for Nathan that you would uh, cover him in the power of your Spirit, give him wisdom, give him grace, uh, give him the light of Jesus. In his heart and in his mind and in his practice. We pray for Bethany. That you would anoint her with your spirit. That you'd fill her um, to overflowing. That that everyone that she comes into contact with. From her children to the rest of the community. Would recognize the light of Christ in her life. We pray for Lydia. For Elizabeth. For Ruth. We pray for this family's safety, that you would watch over them, God, that you'd cover them with your grace and your peace and your protection, that you would just put a hedge of protection around them, that you'd guard them from any of the attacks of the enemy, that you would lead them. Uh, that they would be able to see your guidance and direction and that they would trust and obey in in every moment, watch over the plane flight in the community. We pray that you prepare the hearts and lives of the people that they'll be ministering among and to, that they would be open uh, to hearing from you, to seeing the light of the gospel in their lives. Uh, We pray for God, this baby in the womb, that you would bring her into the world in safety, And that she would be another light um, that you bring into this world. God, thank you for the time that you've given us to share with the Gilly family. Um, They've been a blessing in this place. And they've made investments in in eternal ways that we are so thankful for. And though the miles are going to separate us here for a little while, um, we look forward to hearing the stories and to being a part of this kind of ministry. And so, God, we, we pray that you'd go before them, that you'd go behind them, that you'd hem them in from before and behind, above and below, and that your love um, and grace and peace would surround them in a real powerful way. We pray these things in the good, strong, powerful name of Jesus. Everybody say, Amen.